When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and an archaeology geek. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's story. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. On this day in 1974, the Terracotta Army was discovered in Xi'an, China. The famous collection of some 8,000 soldier sculptures depicts Emperor Qin Shi Huang's army and was constructed during the 3rd century BCE. Let's look back at the history of this archaeological masterpiece. Imagine that you're a farmer in a small village in China, just casually digging a well, living your life, minding your business, and suddenly you encounter something strange. A ceramic head and a bronze arrow. It's alarming enough that you alert the local authorities who then bring in a team of archaeologists to investigate. This is how then 41-year-old farmer Yang Jifa uncovered one of the most mind-blowing archaeological discoveries in the history of the world. It turns out that these unsuspecting villagers were living atop the city-sized burial ground of China's first emperor, who founded the Qin Dynasty. Qin Shi Huang wasn't the most popular ruler. He became the king of Qin when he was just a child and he waged war throughout the seven states of China. When he was 38, he succeeded in his conquest of them all and declared himself the first emperor of China. During his reign from 221 BCE to 210 BCE, he standardized written language, codified laws, and built public work projects like roads, bridges, canals, and even parts of the Great Wall of China. Still, his insatiable thirst for power led him to seek immortality. He even employed workers to search for the elixir of life. But of course, they didn't succeed. Evidently, the next best thing after immortality for any emperor is to build a mausoleum slash necropolis. Yes, necropolis, from the Greek for death city, which is about 38 square miles. Basically, it's like that Sue Sylvester meme we saw circulate around the internet. But she's saying, I'm going to build a necropolis that's so extra. According to ancient historian Sima Qin, who lived about 100 years after the first emperor, construction of the mausoleum began when the emperor was just 13, shortly after he took power. Given the prevalence of war in his life, Emperor Qin Shi Huang wanted to build an army for him, for protection through the afterlife. So, after 38 years, workers constructed at least 8,000 terracotta warriors who stand between 5'8 and 6'7. There's also 130 chariots pulled by 520 horses, as well as 150 cavalry horses. The sheer number of these figures is astounding in itself, but what makes them even more impressive is that there are no two identical soldiers. 
their facial expressions, clothing, weapons, and other features vary. Chen claims that 700,000 people worked on the necropolis, while contemporary historians think that this must be an exaggeration. Still, we can deduce that laborers built the figures one body part at a time in a kind of assembly line production. There are at least 10 base facial molds that were used, but then additional clay features that would be added to differentiate the figures. In Qin Shi Huang's day, the terracotta soldiers would have been painted with bright pigments made from iron oxide, cinnabar, malachite, charcoal, and other natural colors, but after thousands of years, the paint has worn off. With such a large mausoleum and necropolis, archaeologists and historians are still investigating this terracotta army decades later. The tomb where the emperor himself was eventually buried hasn't been excavated either, but there's a good reason for that. The ancient historian Sima Qian wrote that the emperor's tomb was surrounded with 100 rivers filled with mercury, a poisonous, shiny silver element. This sounds far-fetched, but when contemporary scientists explored the area where the tomb is supposed to be, they found an inconceivably high quantity of mercury in the soil. It's so much that it could be lethal if excavated. So for now, the nature of the emperor's tomb remains a mystery. But if the opulence of the terracotta army tells us anything, it's that his burial site must be really awesome. Now tourists in Xi'an can see the terracotta army at what is now a museum, the mausoleum of the first Jin emperor. The excavation continues, but whatever happened to the young... Jifa, the farmer who first made the discovery. For many years, he worked in the museum and signed books for visitors. Now he's in his late 80s and retired after an exciting life as a key player in a historical moment. For today's music fact, we have a special guest. Elena Castillo is here to talk about the anniversary of her hit single, Just a Boy. Yo, what's up? It's Elena Castillo. And a year ago today, I released one of my songs called Just a Boy. And I didn't really know what was going to happen with this song because for me, it was a very vulnerable song. It was something where I was addressing all of the thoughts that I had in my head, being insecure about relationships, just all these different things that I decided to put into a song in order to help other people if they were going through that as well. And then a few weeks after I released it, I saw that V from BTS was listening to it in a live stream. And then all of a sudden, it just started to blow up. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I had no idea this was happening. And for me, it just marks the day that I realized like being vulnerable and being open to all that stuff and not caring what other people have to say is what makes you you so for me this is what's special about today so I hope that you enjoyed today and thank you for having me and now for our final segment of the day I'm going to be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a March 29th in my life oh my god oh my god Oh my goodness. On March 29th, 2018, I got rejected from Cal. <laughs> I have a DM here. Um, um, and my friend was asking me how I was doing. Bless him. Love Jake with all my heart. And he goes, how are you doing? And I said, I just got rejected from Cal, but I'm good with a little ha ha at the end. And I have a message, a notification from my dad right above it. I, from a text message, he just says, F Cal, they suck. <laughs> I applied to Cal with the knowledge that I probably wouldn't get in. Um, it's a really hard school to get into. I was a California resident. I don't know if that gives you an upper hand or anything in the process. Obviously, I didn't end up going to college. I was really bummed about it, though. I think I went to a, like a very highly pressurized academic high school, 
And I think I applied to a bunch of schools that I knew I wasn't going to get into just for the sake of like wanting to prove myself. But I think one of the most important things that I've, I've learned as I've grown up and I've gotten older and I've, I've left the experience of applying for colleges is that it really doesn't matter. College is whatever experience you end up making it. You can go to anywhere in the country and you can have an incredible experience and a name is not everything. I think that I placed a lot of emphasis on the name and the, you know, place that I was going to end up going and I didn't end up going to any of them. Um, and I, I watch my friends now who are still in college and navigating the waters of being in a university and some of them are having a really great time in the places they've chosen to go. And those could be anywhere between NYU or Stanford or Yale. And um, some of them are also having a bad time in those places. And really, at the end of the day, it's just about, you know, deciding what feels right for you. Um, and Cal wasn't going to be right for me. I applied because I guess I wanted to prove myself. But you don't need to prove yourself. At the time, I was 17. I didn't, I don't know who I was. I, I still don't know who I am and I'm 20 um, and a college isn't everything. So if you're a senior in high school or you're a junior in high school and you're on that path right now, or if you're somebody even at a college right now and you're wondering if maybe it was the right choice for you, don't worry about not knowing. Your journey is your journey and you're going to figure it out as you go along. And um, yeah, just pay attention to what feels right for you, not what you think is going to be right for other people. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from yesteryear. I'll see you then. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough.